South Sudan in focus on the voice of America. I'm John Tanza working on this program very much. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Monday, July 25, 2022. Authorities in Unity State say the security situation in Mayom has improved. The situation is calm. People are at No more attacks. People are quiet. The area is okay. That only that on the incident on the 22. So there's nothing Again. And some residents of the South Sudan's capital, Juba, say price hikes in the markets is preventing them from putting food on the table for their loved ones. Things were cheap, like this one now. This milk is 6,000 now. And it used to be 4,500. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. Authorities in United States say calm has returned to the headquarters of Mayom County after last Friday's deadly attack. Rebels of the South Sudan People's Army, under the command of renegade General Stephen Boy, captured Mayom Administrative Center and killed 10 people, including the county commissioner. The Unity State Information Minister says civilians are returning to their homes. Dengai Deng reports for VOA from Bor. A group of rebels loyal to renegade general Stephen Boy Rolnyang of the South Sudan People's Army attacked Mayom County, killing Commissioner James Chual Gadluak and nine others, including Gadluak's bodyguards. In an exclusive interview with South Sudan in focus on Friday, Gerald Boy alleged the attack was motivated by revenge after a pro-government militia under the command of the late Gadluak attacked the opposition in a place called Bong. Unity State Information Minister David Guy says the security situation has changed and that civilians who fled to the Vuchis for safety have started returning home. A statement VOA could not independently verify. The situation is calm. People are at homes. No more attacks. People are quiet. The area is okay. That only that on set incident on the 22. So there's nothing happening again. Guy says the South Sudan People's Defense Force or SSPDF groups are in control of Mayom County, adding South Sudan security forces have restored law and order as they search for the rebels who attacked the area. The old civilians are still in their region, they are still in their house, and nobody there. There's no uh, other people who are living in, the, in Mayom, only the, the government who is controlled the area. Rebel leader Gerald Boy said in a letter dated July 22nd, that court, our people have been tribalized by the regime in Juba. They are unable to work together to achieve justice and freedom to confide in each other. End quote. Gerald Boy said all forms of peaceful and nonviolent means have failed. Adding quote, we are left only with an armed resistance to liberate our people by unseating this despotic regime in the shortest time possible and install a democratic system of governance in the Republic of South Sudan. End quote. Gerald Boy was the former commander of the 5th Infantry Division of the South Sudan People's Defense Force, SSFDF, who was arrested by the National Security Service in late 2018 in Mayom County. 
He was transferred to Juba and detained after being charged with treason, rebellion and other offenses under the 2009 SPLA Act. He fled not guilty in August 2019, but a military court in Juba found him guilty on all, on all counts. Boy was stripped of his rank and dismissed from the military. He was later sentenced to one year in prison, but then pardoned by President Salva Kiir. For VOA News, I am Deng Gaiding in Bor. Some South Sudanese living in the capital Juba say skyrocketing prices have impacted their ability to make ends meet. Some traders say high prices of basic commodities at the wholesale stores in the neighboring countries of Kenya and Uganda have affected prices in Juba. Manyang David Mayar has more for VOA from Juba. Some traders and consumers in Juba say changes in higher food and fuel prices have affected most of the population in the South Sudanese capital. One Juba resident who prefers to be identified only as Rebecca for fear of reprisal from the government says she was shocked by the jump in prices at the Konyokonyo market over the past two weeks. Things were cheap, like this one now, this milk is 6,000 now. And it used to be 4,500. This one used to be 1,200 and it's 1,500 now. This one used to be 7, okay, it used to be 1,200 but now it's 2,000. These, these things of South Sudan doesn't need people to talk about it. People just talk, talk, nothing will get changed. Rebecca is not the only Juba resident affected by the economic downturn in South Sudan. Sarah, who also prefers to be identified by only her first name for safety reasons, says her monthly budget, which she receives from her husband, cannot support her family's needs anymore. It's expensive. Money is not enough to some traders in Juba attribute the rise in prices to the cost of purchasing goods from East Africa as well as the scarcity of hard currency in South Sudan. Ismail Mohammed, a Sudanese trader in Konyokonyo market, says prices for goods have risen sharply. A 20 liter of cooking oil, 25,000. It used to be 22,000 South Sudanese pound. 50 kilogram of maize flour is now at 22,000 South Sudanese pound. Before it was 20,000 South Sudanese pound. We hear that this increase in prices come as the result of high prices of food commodity from the outside country. Other traders in Konyokonyo market like Abdullahi Hassan says the price hikes are due to the fluctuating foreign currency exchange rates in Juba. Any increase in dollar price increases the prices of the commodities in the market, and this is not good even for us. For example, you come today as my customer and ask how much this one is, and I tell you 7000 When you come tomorrow, the dollar goes up and the prices change, and you come with the money from yesterday, and that put us in a conflict with the customers. Is it not bad for us? A dollar sells for 610 South Sudanese pounds, up from 500 South Sudanese pounds two weeks ago in the black market. Motorists in the capital are also feeling the pinch. 
Some operators of the local taxis known as Border Border say the price of fuel at petrol stations keeps rising. Emmanuel Gama, a Border Border operator in Juba, says his business is at risk. I don't know why the price for the fuel is increasing. This is not good for us because when a customer comes who wants to go somewhere and you tell him the price and then he will complain saying the price is high and they don't put into consideration the higher prices of fuel and that of the spare fat. Some South Sudanese with low incomes worried about the cost of living. Shoemaker Santino Wall says his daily earnings is about 1,000 South Sudanese pounds, an amount he says is not enough to feed his family. It is a big problem. Things are tough. What can we do? The country has collapsed. If I get 1,000 here, can it afford to buy anything? Officials with the Bank of South Sudan were supposed to address reporters Monday on the country's economic downturn, but abruptly cancelled the news conference, promising to set a new date. Abuy John Grang, a South Sudanese economist based in Juba, says the country has no policy to handle the situation. There is no effective policy as as now, but dollar is going. So it comes back to uh, what we look into, what we see as scarcity of uh, foreign currency in the country because there are no supply uh, by the government or other uh, sectors. The few ones that exist are uh, of course competition now. People are competing, and that's why the price is going up. The best way is to uh, come up with some good financial policies, monetary policies too. Uh, to arrange the situation. Uh, if the government has enough uh, foreign currency, they should inject into it into the market and control and monitor. Garang is calling on the government of South Sudan to act before the economic situation becomes worst. For VOA News, Amanyang David Mayor in Juba. Some local farmers around South Sudan's capital, Juba, say the delayed rains this year have negatively impacted on their farming activities. Some of the farmers say the crops they planted in May, including maize and vegetables, got destroyed by drought. A local farmer based in Rambur, area of Luri Payam, says he planted crops but lost everything due to delayed rains. For VOA News, Bielo Elias reports from Juba. Wesley Kamiz is a farmer in the Rombor area of Luri, Payam in Juba County of Central Equatoria State. Kamiz says he cultivated three feidan of maize and vegetables, but all of his crops were destroyed by drought. Kamiz says in the past when there was normal rainfall, he harvested a lot of maize. This year, we have not yet harvested this maize. But in the previous years, when there is a good rain, we get six to five sacks per feedan. So we sell half to the market to pay children's school fees, and then we leave another half for food. Hamis tells South Sudan in focus, apart from the lack of rainfall, weeding farms has become more expensive than in the past years. He says farmers in his area pay laborers more than 40,000 South Sudanese pounds to weed one fedan of maize. John Loro, another farmer in Juba who owns seven fedan, says besides coping with this year's drought, crops and vegetables on his farms were also destroyed by large animals and insects. 
Loro tells South Sudan in focus, the biggest problem local farmers face are the cattle destroying their crops, which has resulted in food shortages and high prices in the markets. The biggest we have here, starting from Rambur, Luri and Jebel, is the problem of the cattle destroying our farmers, and that is the reason why vegetables are expensive in the markets. If you happen to visit our place in Cabo, you see cattle roaming around farmlands, and many people have not cultivated this year. These cattle are coming from the sides of Terekeka and Tali. Loro is urging the National Ministry of Agriculture and the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization to give farmers insecticides to treat their crops. Local farmer Agri Landy tells South Sudan in focus. He and other farmers started planting crops at the beginning of April but lost all of their crops due to drought. Landy says if the government and non-governmental organization do not intervene, South Sudan will go hungry in the coming months. We farmers are badly affected and we foresee that people are going to face a hunger crisis. That is why we are calling for intervention to help people with food. We farmers in South Sudan depend greatly on rain. So when it rains, we cultivate during the rainy season. But unfortunately, this year, the rainfall delayed. Conflict and climate-driven shocks in South Sudan have significantly damaged agricultural production, which the primary source of livelihood for many residents. According to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, up to 95% of South Sudanese rely on farming, herding, or fishing, and any disruption to this sector causes ripple effects and has the potentials to harm South Sudan's overall economy. High food prices caused by soaring inflation have disrupted markets and trade. Last week, the government and the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization have secured $9 million for the revival of several agricultural operations across the country. Agriculture Minister Josephine Lagu said the funds will benefit the Awil Rice Scheme and other farming operations in Kapoita and Warab State. For VOA News, I am Viola Elias in Juba. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. What do you think? People speak out on important questions. The question today. Is there such a thing as unconditional love? The reason why I say it's there, because I've seen my parents and I've seen there is unconditional love in their relationship. Basing on the way, like my dad treats my mom, the love is unconditional. No, no, I don't think that. Uh, because uh, human, it is very difficult to predict human beings. So yeah, human beings are just unpredictable. Anybody can change at any time. So that's why I, say I believe there is no unconditional love. I'm one of the people who believe in real love and therefore I believe in unconditional love. It exists. It's there. It's been exercised among people. And we have the ability to give unconditional love. So it's there. Honestly, I've not been there before, so I don't know much about it, but a lot of things that I've seen people are struggling to love each other. What do you think? A daily discussion of important questions from VOA.
You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. The Kenyan police says a bus fell off a bridge and dropped into a river, killing at least 21 people. The bus traveling from the central town of Meru along the highway to the Kenyan capital, Nairobi, is suspected to have developed a brake failure. The accident is the latest in a series of deadly crashes in Kenya and across the wider East Africa region, where roads are often narrow and police blame speeding drivers for crashes. At least 20 passengers were killed on July 8 in a crash along the highway from Nairobi to the coastal city of Mombasa. Still in Kenya, the director of criminal investigations said three Venezuelan nationals were arrested at the Juma Kenyatta International Airport for possession of electoral materials which they carried as personal luggage. The arrest has prompted a debate as many Kenyans are questioning the credibility of the upcoming elections. For VOA News, Mourinho Djambo reports from Nairobi. On Thursday night, Venezuelan nationals identified as Jose Camargo, Joel Gustavo Rodriguez and Salvador Suarez were arrested upon landing at Kenya's Jomo Kenyatta International Airport in Nairobi. According to Kenya's Directorate of Criminal Investigation Director George Kinoti, they carried a bag containing 17 rolls of stickers targeted to serve at least 10,000 polling stations in 10 counties. In another bag, one of the suspects was found in possession of a personal laptop, a personal monitor, five flash disks, one mobile phone, and assorted personal computer accessories. Hilary Mutiambai is Kenyan's Inspector General of Police. The state stickers were not declared as per the law when they were impounded at the airport. Secondly, the stickers were not accompanied by the IBC officials as per routine procedures. And thirdly, that such sensitive materials were carried in a personal luggage of a foreigner. Kenya's Independent Electoral and Boundaries Commission, IEBC, defended the three. It said in a statement that they were employees of a London-based company, Smartmatic International, that was contracted by the electoral body of Kenya to deliver election materials. The commission's chairperson, Wafula Chebukate, said that they were hired legally from Venezuela to deploy and manage the electronic voting system, which will play a central role on August 9th general elections. Kenya's Cabinet Secretary for Information and Communication Technology, Joe Musheru, said that the arrest of the trio was appropriate given they were carrying sensitive materials. But if you're procuring, there's a process in which you deliver goods into the country. You cannot just have it in your luggage. You're from Venezuela. Even the companies are not from, uh, the company that is contracted uh, was not from Venezuela, even if they have a branch or Panama. So there's things that must be cleared. And as a country, we must be sure that whatever is being done is done above board. But I don't think there's any mischief that the government is trying to do anything. This is something straightforward. The police now claim that the three Venezuelan national were in the country on a private mission and that they are not employees of Smartmatic International as claimed. Their arrest has raised concern as the electoral body says that the police required the three to turn over important information and passwords. The IEBC says this is against the law and the police are interfering with the election process. Kenya's Deputy President William Ruto, who is also a presidential candidate for the upcoming election, has told the head of Director of Criminal Investigation and the police not to interfere with the election process and that such intimidations must be shunned. Mr. Kinoti, please save your time. Stop writing to us long letters. Leave my-
matters of elections to IEBC. You have no business in IEBC. You have failed as GCI. We don't want you to fail our elections. With such matters creating tension between the electoral body and the police, Kenyans are concerned given the voting and electronic ballot counting is a very sensitive issue in the country. In the last general election, accusations of hacking sparked riots that led the Supreme Court to order a rerun of presidential election, saying they were mad with irregularities during transmission of results. Reporting for viewers, I am Maureen Ojiambo in Nairobi, Kenya. Rwanda and Ghana are working to improve their ties. This weekend, the legislators of the two countries signed a memorandum of understanding promising to work together. Members of the two parliaments say the agreement will help them to craft laws that hold their leaders accountable and curb Africa's dependence on foreign aid and influence. Eugene Wimana reports from Chigali. The memorandum of understanding stipulates that it will promote interparliamentary dialogue and will strengthen bilateral ties to boost economic growth, peace, and unity. And I can see the spirit of togetherness in Rwandans, which is the Rwandese as showing the way uh, that you don't have to bring anything that will divide us. Our focus should be on what will unite us and unite us for our common good. The Speaker of the Rwandan Chamber of Deputies, Donatilla Mkabalisa, says the two parliaments will compare notes on legislative and social political matters that help the citizens of both countries. She says the agreement will help them not only develop the capacities of their parliamentarians that are in the interest of the people they serve, but also will manage better institutions that report to the parliaments. Members of parliament from Rwanda and Ghana say if African institutions work together, they may help win the continent of its dependence on foreign support. They say the covenant in pandemic in Russia's invasion of Ukraine have served as a wake-up call for African leaders to look for homegrown solutions. Ejen Wimana for VOA News, Kigali, Rwanda. Five South African countries with the world's largest concentration of elephants are meeting in Botswana to prepare for the first ever aerial population count of the animals. The census lasts from August 8 until October 28. From Gaboroni, Botswana, reporter Mkundishi Dube has details. The five countries are part of a large conservation area known as the Kavango Zambezi Transfrontier Conservation Area or Kazam. The area is home to an estimated 220,000 elephants, but Kazam member states are keen to know the animal's exact figures. Representatives from partner states are meeting Botswana's town of Kasane for a pre-census workshop to prepare for the exercise expected to cost $3 million. The workshop ends on Tuesday. Speaking at the gathering, Kaza program manager Nezai Pullman said, the elephant count will help assist in the management of the animals. This is a key component of the CASA strategic uh, planning and management framework for the conservation of elephants. Um, it was a recommendation that we cannot effectively achieve the goals and objectives of, um, of, of people and conservation in the absence of an undertaking like this to understand to the best possible 
Bozona based conservationist Map Ives says the census figures will be key in showing elephant patterns across the region. You know, we hope to see what the results come up with. But what we'd be interested in seeing is maybe not only how many elephants there are, but um, um, the distribution thereof um, and what is the likelihood of those elephants uh, um, moving between countries, that is Zimbabwe, Namibia, Angola and Zambia. We know that these populations are basically one single contiguous population. Ives, however, is the census outcomes might not resolve growing human-elephant conflict. You know, I hope that they also take into consideration the fact that the human population has exploded in the areas surrounding the elephant populations in recent times. Um, and of course, if both populations are increasing and the humans are probably increasing faster than that of the elephants, you are going to have difficulties between the two. And I can't see these difficulties going away in the near future, and I also cannot see any interventions that may prevent that happening. Elephant populations are decreasing elsewhere on the continent due to poaching and the loss of habitat, but the Kaza region has seen an increase and has more than half of Africa's elephant population. For VOA, this is Mkondisi Dube in Haburoni, Botswana. a message on plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one tell us what's happening in your area or give us your feedback on the stories you hear on south sudan in focus we look forward to hearing from you on whatsapp that number again plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one This is a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. Hello, I'm VOA health correspondent Lenore Moudou. During this pandemic, the World Health Organization and Africa Centers for Disease Control say if you have a fever, a cough, or have trouble breathing, you should stay home and contact a healthcare facility. For more information, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC. And remember to listen to VOA for the latest health news. That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. And that's all we prepared for you this Monday. We now leave you with Mawa and the song Benia. Yeah.
stumbles onto the falls, I will always be there for you, by your side, day and night, and I ain't never gonna let you go. When the night's getting dark and cold, when you're all by yourself at home, listening to Mawa and the song Binia. I'm your host, John Tanza in Washington. Thanks for taking time to be with us this evening. Remember to join us again tomorrow for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. When your back is against the wall